Good evening. Welcome to Laugh and Monkey Music Show. Today we have on Eric Ferentinos. How are you? Doing fantastic. Thanks, Sean. Well, Eric is a rat bastard. <laughs> From Stephen Piercy's band. And I've seen you play. Now, as I was saying earlier, I saw you play, well, a couple months ago now. And you came and played Mohegan Sun. And that was just a fantastic show. It was like the first show I think I saw since COVID happened. So it was like you guys and, and Jizzy and Quiet Right. It was just a fantastic show. With Steven over the years, I've done all the types of venues, but it's not that often that we play arenas, you know? And so in uh, 2022 to be yeah. playing the or I was like, oh man, you play an arena, you're worried if it's even going to be full. But got awesome pictures, was super packed. It was it was totally packed. I got in, um, I was on the floor, and it was just insane, insane show. Everyone sounded good. We had a thing here. Um, it was an old furniture factory, and and um, we're about almost the same age. They would rent it out to like bands, like God, I think it was early, like mid '80s, and the cops right. couldn't go on it because it was all private property. But all the teenagers could rent it, and they had all these rooms, and all the bands would play in all the rooms, and they just like lock it. So it was almost like having like a bunch of clubs all in one spot. And we could drink and stuff and walk through there, and you couldn't get in trouble. That's awesome. Yeah, as a kid, it was really awesome. I think actually, think uh, Rivers Rivers uh, from uh, Weezer, he had a band down there. A lot, a lot of fun times down there. But yeah, that's, that was my first time seeing Jimmy. It was down there actually, and I just saw him play the locally again. You know, we had something like that. We were, were uh, in San Diego here. There was like a storage facilities that had a similar thing going on where in the late 80s bands would have re- turn those into like rehearsal rooms right walk through there and obviously there was no club security or whatever so as you know underage people drinking in there and watching well, that's what it was it was a storage it was for storage for equipment but there's kegs in every room with stacks of amps nice this it was it was pretty funny um I do want to step back a little bit history because you've been with Steven from pretty much for the us fans like day one. You've always been doing his solo stuff, but you also More, had some other bands earlier though. You just touched uh, a little bit, right? Um, well, I, you know, I, I grew up in San Diego for the most part, and the first band I was in was called Voodoo, and that was with uh, Andy Milner, who was the singer. He was the uh, son of the actor Martin Milner, if, if you remember the show, Adam yeah. 12. Uh, that was Andy's dad. Um, also, this is Charlie George and John Krylo, who I still uh, get together with and play. Uh, so we were we were very uh, popular here in San Diego. We, we actually sold thousands of records here and we opened for most of the national acts that came through. Wow. Speaking of Jizzy, we opened for Love Hate, like at the Bacchanal anymore, and uh, all kinds of big shows that we did. Um, and then after that, uh, 13A, which consisted of members of Asphalt Ballet, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, um, and we were doing pretty well. We won like the Miller Genuine Draft Battle of the Bands. Then uh, right at that time, around 2000, uh, Steve hit me playing in a solo band, and ultimately I joined up in 2001. So it's uh, it's been over 20 years uh, wow. with him. Uh, the first few solo albums he did, he uh, he played a lot of guitar on that. But uh, as the albums progressed, I 
showed up more and more on the songwriting end till uh, we had to deal with Frontiers. And then we did Smash and View to a Thrill, where he and I just wrote the album together. We're going to put another one. Uh, this that'll be out uh, early 2023. Very cool. He's been teasing everybody with his riffs online. <laughs> Isn't that cool? He, a lot of people don't even know that he he plays guitar. Well, know? it's funny. I, I the first interview I had with him, I've done a few. I said, um, I just brought up the guitar playing. You know, I said people don't you know realize that you play guitar. He started. He plays a lot now online, so it's cool. It's very cool. He does. He also on Cameo. Also, mm-hmm. if I, uh, Stephen Pierce, shout out for their birthday or whatever crazy thing. He's always on there. And he loves uh, jamming songs for people on there, and so uh, that's that's been a good way for him to connect. Uh, um, I know. Yeah, he sends out a flyer if you belong to his thing. Um, he's he's out there though. Stephen is out there, and he's very good to the fans. He's very very much. I think it's been a big part of his resurgence too. How how available he is to the fans. Right. The fans love it. They do. They nowadays that's uh, very important. I think to be on platforms where you, people can actually uh, connect with you directly, and it ends up uh, also helping out financially too. For a well, little, no, it does because it helps. I mean, like, like I've done a few interviews with him, and, and um, the people, the biggest comment they go, I can't, they can't believe how. How he how he talks and you know, I was like I feel like I'm in the same room with him I feel like he's you know a friend I mean because he's very you know that's who he is he's very kind you know and open to all the fans you know so yeah. it's only it's only amplified though I think a lot of people could take a page out of his book you know to the fans and I think you know in person you know his sense of humor is it could be around the edges you know where he's just joking around but to somebody that doesn't know him it, uh, they might have a uh, they might pass judgment on him, but uh, he's usually just joking around. What he? Yeah, he's been pretty funny off camera too. We've had some talks off camera. He's 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 a good good cat. I like him. Um, none of us are perfect. So, as a songwriter, has changed. Have you done anything on your side though, on yourself, like soloish, or are you just? Because I mean, you've pretty much all Piercy stuff, and it's been a pretty steady ride at this point. Right. Um, yeah. The only. Uh... I, you know, I've pretty much just been busy with him for the most part. I, you know, through the years, I tried some different things. I had a, a solo band called the Anti Division in like the early 2000s that I tried doing, and that was pretty hard. Where I was basically doing all the music myself, and then trying to find a band to play it live, and I was trying to sing. And I, I'm a, I'm a decent backup singer, but I don't know if I have uh, what it takes to deliver. I, you know, Stephen did take us out in 2007 where I did double duty and the anti-division uh, opened up for jet boy who and jet boy was opening up for Piercy. And I think maybe bang tango might've been on the bill too. Wow. Uh, but I got to do that. It was like a couple month thing. And I think my voice went out within like a week, you know, being out there. So it was, it was tough uh, doing, you know, double duty like that coming back out with Steven later to do his show. So, uh, you know, after a few years of just not really getting anywhere with it, uh, I just kind of put it aside. I go, this isn't, this isn't for me. I just kind of put it away. Uh, since then, the only other band I did uh, was Bow Wow Wow. And, That's pretty cool. Right. In 2020, I just, uh, you know, a friend 
knew somebody that knew that they were looking for a band to put a touring band to put together uh do a live nation tour with the motels and bow wow wow and so i got the gig and then covid you know happened <laughs> a few yeah. months in. uh and then just like everybody else we were you know down for the count for a good uh year and a half but during that time you know when the smoke cleared from uh, everything going on with Rat, uh, Stephen went back out solo, yeah. fortunately for me. <laughs> I got my you know, big back. Uh, we've been doing great, and we got a, a, a good lineup, a solid lineup now, and uh, the shows have been uh, fantastic. Yeah, you do have a great uh, great lineup. Johnny and Scotty's and drums still, right? And Jerry Montano was in uh, Danzig and yeah. he did uh, nothing phase uh, he's he's a very uh, interesting guy and I think the show Metalocalypse based yeah. character on him which is uh, I didn't I just that out like recently I was like what because I, I just, to check that out and I'm like hey Metalocalypse over here is hungry you know or whatever <laughs> turns out that that is was based on so it was interesting that's um, funny and then uh, Johnny Monaco uh, is a monster uh, guitar player, a great singer. Uh, probably Hilar- both. Yeah, so many. You know, there's actually too many for us to even, you know, rat songs to play. But, but like, we the, will. Yeah, like cult classics. You know what I mean? You can be like, you know, Back for More. Was it a huge hit? No, but it's a hit. You know what I mean? Or you think you're tough? Like, I'm insane. Like, they weren't like big singles, but they're hits. Right. Yeah, occasionally I wonder, like, because some of the songs, I, I kind of gauge it on. I was a casual fan, so if I knew the song or not, I can gauge whether most of the crowd would know it or not. And there are some that I didn't know. Really? Um, <laughs> that, Even yeah. after being with them for all these years, that's hilarious. Well, I mean, yeah, just going back, going back to my youth. Um, yeah, there was. I didn't actually own all their records, like a lot of kids that were a few years older than me. Oh, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were expensive. I mean, honestly, I, I, I mean minimum wage back then was like three dollars yeah, an but hour you, weren't you like mowing would you actually mowed steven cr and stuff he could have paid you a couple bucks and get in an that, album that was a good payday yeah but right? hey, i had some weed with that money so <laughs> that would sound like steven doing that you know it's pretty funny um are the shows awesome like at this point because they are getting bigger you're doing are they so is it foxwoods i mean um wigan selling and stuff are they similar to that now are they getting bigger and bigger is it or is it just like a real mix still we must have been doing amphitheaters and whatnot. There was uh, one really small gig that we did in Denver recently where it was like really small little sports bar. I wasn't sure what happened with that. But everything else that we did was uh, amphitheater, the arena show you were talking about. Yeah. Um, this uh, show that we're doing on, uh, I believe it's in uh, Hinkley, uh, Minnesota, called Summerfest. So that's a big festival. I'm pretty sure that's in a, a big area with us, Quiet Riot, uh, autograph. And then we'll head over uh, to Des Plaines, Illinois, Plains Theater. So that show, it sounds like a theater. I mean, I'm guessing it has the word theater yeah. in it. So, <laughs> Which I love. Right. Well, that's the thing. Usually... It's good, good to gauge that, like to hear that you're playing more and more bigger things. Because it's, it's not just a sign for you guys. It's good for you guys. But it's also good for rock music, you know? Yeah, of course it is. The, the more bands play, the more that. Next, you know, and bands can still make albums and stuff if they want, or just some new music because they're right. inspired because they're because they're playing for 
more than five people, you know, and they, they get a better check. Just announced uh, that he signed to Golden Robot Records. Oh, so, right, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So he has a um, he has a best of type record coming out, and then ours will come out after that. So uh, that's the latest on him. He's got a lot of projects going. I'm trying to pump for him. See, I got yo. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, see, I try. Yeah, didn't. Uh, wasn't going to get into it too much because I've done a lot of Steven on here, so I want to give some else a chance. <laughs> right, pretty funny. He was funny. Um, when I, when I had him on the first time, he goes, he's like, "How's my hair sound?" Oh yeah, he loves. It. He loves that one. It's pretty fucking funny. You guys, know I always have the same saying. What is it? And we go, "Don't fuck up." Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't realize it. I didn't interview them. I didn't realize it. And I said. I said the second time I go, I go, welcome, Steven, welcome back. And he goes, I hear him, he goes, here you go, back for more. Like he goes for more. <laughs> I just said yeah, back. We... I didn't even catch that when I was talking to him. I was like, Lay it down. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. Look at dad pun. Um signs everything like or his his typical response is way cool. Yeah. All the time. That's pretty Which good. Is... <laughs> what about you for gear? What are you using? Have it changed over the years? Uh, well, most of the shows are flyouts, and amp wise, I in the in our rider, I usually ask for a, a JCM nine hundred Marshall because that's somewhat accessible for them. Mm-hmm. I don't take uh, too much pedal wise. I, I I switched to wireless this year. I, I got the uh, line uh, line six wireless good, uh, and I just have some Boss pedals. Um, you know, I delay and a, a chorus. Um, there's an overdrive I don't use and, uh, a tuner and I have a boost. It's like an EQ pedal that I use as a boost. So it's pretty straightforward and I'm uh, mostly using the app and I just crank it up and it gets a good, uh, rat sound for these. Well, that's the thing. You do have a good sound where obviously people can be very critical. I mean, you're doing like, you know, Warren solo stuff and you have a sound, the rat sound, you know, people have been here for years. So, but it sounds good. It sounds rat. You know, oh, it helped with that. Um, you know, I, I, I used to just do uh, a Les Paul for the most part. I, I did have a, a Charvel that Michael Charvel built for me, but it was a Telecaster. He had basically saw me playing uh, near where their shop is. I should give some background that uh, they sold the Charvel name and now they're called Wayne uh, Guitars named. Yeah. Dad who started the company in San Dimas or what have you. Actually, there it, it turns out that even though it says San Dimas, I guess just their post office box was in San Dimas. That's why Steven said that for the shop. Back but anyways, they're called Wayne. He had seen me play uh, a Piercy solo show where I had a, a Fender Telecaster I was playing. And he came, Michael came up to me after and he's like, hey, I want to build you a uh, Telecaster. And it had the... Wayne Charbel neck on it. Now I played it forever. It had, uh, he actually let me, he wanted to put fabric instead of painting it and seal fabric into it. It was a kind of a weird thing. And I, I ended up giving him some universal studios monsters. It was yeah. like curtain fabric that he was able to like get it onto the body and seal it in there. So it was kind of a unique, uh, way of doing it. Um, and I played that for a long time, but, uh, during the shutdown, I, you know, it was a couple of years there. I had to mess around with stuff and I ended up um, buying a couple of Charvels and they actually turned out to be great. Obviously, you know, Jake Ely, 
you know, Warren D. Martini played these back. They're the the choice of the Jedi, weapon choice of the Jedi Knight, guitar knight. Yeah. So I finally uh, broke down and, and went that way and got, the, you know, with the Floyd Rose and everything. And it's been a lot of fun to play these and they hold up pretty well. I don't have to tune as much uh, live and it's, it helps to get that sound. You know, this cool. Was the transition hard when you first started? Because playing the rap yeah. songs and then, I mean, cause like I said, I was saying people can be kind of rough. Like me, I'm just a fan of music and I'm like, well, if they can't play this, I still want to hear them play. Steven always yeah. has a good bunch of people, so just enjoy the show. But, well, you know what? What my first memory of getting the gig, uh, Mark Zavon was was originally uh, a low lead guitarist, and something happened between them, and he had to uh, get somebody else on guitar. And so he had called me up, and I really couldn't even believe that he was asking me for this because. You know, I had played at basically San Diego local bands, and we were more like Chains type thing, or the 13A thing was more of a heavy Static X type band. Uh, and of course, I knew rap music growing up on the MTV and the radio, and I was his friend for so so long. But I still couldn't believe he was asking me to like take the role of what Warren D. Martini would be doing, you know, in a soul band. That's that was so far beyond where I was. Uh, playability wise technically speaking at that moment 22 years ago yeah but i mean i was at that point i was 27 years old and things weren't happening you know for my original bands as i had hoped uh as the 90s were progressing there um and i said what do i have to lose so i i got on the plane and we didn't even have a rehearsal not even a check it was just a throwing that sounds gun. like it still happens nowadays out of here when people are still coming in <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, you know, we did the show, and I got through it. Um, but I, I was like, I, you know, back at that time, you know, 21 years ago, the internet wasn't at all what it was today. So there was oh, yeah. no YouTube or anything. YouTube didn't come out until 2006. So, you know, now kids can just go on, and there's plenty of lessons of how to play the rap songs. But I was just trying to learn it by ear, and I didn't even have anything to, like, slow the tracks down or anything like that so it was awful <laughs> uh, you know i'll be honest I, you know some of the songs I, I played wrong for years and i would run into somebody or catch a better tablature or something and then, you know, remember the tabs were so bad too they were never right oh tablatures were notoriously wrong you're correct right and that's it's their fault man well and you like the band's endorsing but the band's not really looking at you like it's literally got you know like led zeppelin tabs and you're like this is totally not how the song goes you know i actually didn't play, play guitar until like five or six years ago because i couldn't like you know just they started this younger i'm like is there, i can't learn this is visually once youtube right. started having the, the, the tutorials and stuff i'm like i can see it i can get it now and then Finally. it put all the guitar teachers out of business <laughs> i still think you need guitar teachers though no, there are plenty. Actually, they they make good money uh, on these YouTube channels because the content is just uh, educational, and they're not worried about being deplatformed for freedom of speech or you know. If anything, they just watch out for copyright uh, infringement on music that they're that they're doing. But as far as like them putting their own tracks of music, and, uh, teaching people some lessons. Uh, they do make money off it. I mean, and that's, I hope that can continue, you know. It's a good model. It's, you know, and it's also good to do, like, do Skype lessons too, though. So this way you can reach more people. You could be teaching somebody in Brazil, some some kid, you know what I mean, who would normally get to learn from you. 
that's that's a fantastic thing too. Right. We don't want him getting too. We don't want him. To, <laughs> I kind of say it wrong. No. <laughs> well, you you actually you teach lessons too, right? Uh, what's that? Oh, you're asking if I do lessons on YouTube? Well, no, just in general, you do lessons. Oh no, I have. I've certainly done my share of lessons over the years. You know, for me though, I have to kind of want to do something. It's hard to like when I have to like commit to some schedule, doing something that bums me out and I'm not using the time to work up and what have you, but there's been times where it definitely got me by, you know, financially, but I'm doing better in other ways where I don't have to like necessarily do that as often, but I do occasionally still get here and there. Well, I was going to put a plug in for you. You know, they could reach out for you if you were doing lessons. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I, you know, I just don't advertise such things, but sometimes, uh, you know, occasionally somebody hits me up about it. And I've, I've, I have done uh, an online lesson before, I, you know, if somebody locally here, I was uh, supposed to do a lesson today locally, actually. But, um, yeah, it's there if I want to, it, or I can Walmart or something. And there you have it, everybody. If he maybe wants to give you, do a lesson, reach out to him and maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah. No, we're just busy. I mean, honestly, uh, these with these flyouts, it's like, you know, a lot of traveling. Like for one show, we're gone three days. So if we did like, you know, five shows this month, 15 days that you're not home, you know, just do five shows, you're gone half the month. Uh, so there's not too much time to do that stuff, but it's hard for me to commit to like any kind of normal schedule of anything. Uh, is the shows take precedence, you know? That well, makes sense. I'm always surprised to hear people say that actually they're still touring and teaching. I'm like, are running businesses and doing a lot of other things. I'm like, I could over, just do one thing. Okay. They're over bastards. Oh, I'm, I'm lazy. <laughs> Generally speaking, you're like I, I grew up watching rock stars play out and do stuff so you didn't have to work i'm not gonna <laughs> i finally got that right. gig and then i'm not gonna get a job on top of it <laughs> well you know i'll tell you you know for for the aspiring players out there you're, the, the first gigs of any notoriety that you're gonna get they're not gonna pay you shit it's just gonna be uh hey you you, you have the uh the glory of being in a name ba known band that somebody yeah. you could name and they've heard of it but you're gonna make peanuts for a long time you've contributed to that band somehow in a way that you know they, that they need to compensate you whether it's you know you become a more prolific writer in the band or what have you but in most cases they're just looking for someone who's gonna the cheapest person they can get that's good enough to get them you know through the show and they, they have a word it's called a scab you know <laughs> Yeah, too, for a long time. I mean, I, I had a, you know, my loyalty paid off over time. But I can't say that there was any uh, other platinum guy that's asked me to play in their band. You know, Steven was was always the biggest artist. So why why even bother? I knew to hang on to that tight. And, well, and uh, bands are so hard to get together. I mean, you you, you know, to keep a band together is so hard. If you, if you have a band that's really working for you, you know, why give yourself a headache? Well, what's cool is he is at a point where, you know, he's, you know, we're not gone six months of the year. So it is doable where I do get to come home. I mean, I have, uh, you know, cats here and stuff I don't like to be away from. And, uh, you know, I'm in a relationship. I have a, a great place I'm living at. And, 
it, it's so great in fact that most places i go to aren't even close to this great you know so the members uh, room up you know i was i played in a they were sticking us they're like four dudes in a room you know? <laughs> like like what bunk beds like stepbrothers like <laughs> no it was uh no it was this band earshot and i remember i made a mistake in doing that tour and he literally had a deal with uh hilton hotels where he was only paying like 40 bucks a room he would just buy two rooms one for him and then put the whole band in the other room and again that's like a example of what you can expect from these you know some of these artists that didn't be sure there's only two beds in those rooms too so you really become you know the members quite well (laughs) yeah have, you know, they had like a blow up mattress and like maybe the couch also had a pull out or something like that. But that was rough, you know, to where I'm grateful because, you know, we were treated really well by Steven and when we get our own rooms and, you know, we've uh, figured out that, you know, if you stay with the same airline, like most bands are using Delta. Uh, now your loyalty points could build up in such a way that it's at least a little less stressful to travel and the fees. So it's been it's pretty comfortable to do these shows. That's hilarious to hear. I heard um I was talking to bunk uh bunk band and the guy belongs to the Hilton program, where he gets to check out later. He earns points. He had he's like he's like yeah I had, I couldn't go. I had free tickets for like the World Series. He goes I got a vacuum cleaner. I'm like this doesn't really sound rock and roll here. <laughs> you know, earning his points, man, which is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we've done a lot of flying this year. My Delta thing. I have like, like a hundred fifty thousand miles of accrued like this year on there. Wow. Which is pretty, yeah, so they start to treat you a little better, and they put you on like a, a, a standby list to grade into like first class, and you know, so well, that's good. Oh, for years I was treated so bad by them. By the way, Delta. I mean, they're they're making up for it now, but like. 10 years from 9-11 you know for about a decade they were horrible and uh you know between the tsa and their airlines they destroyed so many of my guitars and cases and stuff like that um what's cool now is uh there's a company called anki uh e-n-k-i and they make these phenomenal uh road cases i actually saw steve stevens make a post today about him uh as well you can see it right here this that's what this is by the way. totally hard to see. like like a like gorilla proof type of totally throw it off the, the building like i don't worry about it anymore i don't even think about it like the sh- I put the two charvels in there when i go to do a fly out and those things are in tune when i pull them out you know they're just the way the foam's encased in there and really? the way the latch uh it's it's the best thing for us, you know? Um, but over the years, uh, even the federal government had stepped in to, uh, give musicians some rights we weren't really getting, you know, for a while, like, uh, at least they have to attempt to get your guitar on board. You know what I mean? If it's in a if it meets these requirements, like this is how it used to be anyway. Uh, if it was in a soft case, you could bring it on board. They have to let, they have to at least try board. But these airlines used to be dicks. You know, they'd look at me, oh, that's not going to fit on here and expect me to just like gate check a soft case guitar. You know what I mean? It just, it caused me so much stress. Like when we would fly, it was like, it was always super upsetting. And I'd have to get there early and fake injuries and shit to like, <laughs> and try to like get on board early to like get targets on there. So uh, now that we 
these awesome cases, you know, I just check it and they're not Delta doesn't charge me for, for putting that uh, case. So I just check that. I have a, um, a small roller duffel bag uh, that I use to take my little pedal board and my clothes for the trip. And I take that as my carry on and it's pretty smooth, man. I'm wheeling everything. I mean, I mean, I know. Like just to get from gate to gate and uh, you know, you may have heard I had some health uh, complications. Uh, yeah. How are you? I, well, I'm, I'm much better, much better. I mean, that's the good. Was it a heart attack? I had a heart attack and I'm only 49 years old. So, so. you've been doing what? Eating like tons of like meatball subs or something secretly, right? Like, <laughs> well, I, you know, it's true. I, I, I love meat. <laughs> that, that, cause that's how I'm going to go out. I'm, I'm going to be hit by like a, a truck, like, like a, uh, like a farmer's truck farmer. So it's going to salad's going to kill me, but it's gonna be like a truck hitting me floated with it, farmer stuff. And you're onto something here because it's like, Something's gonna get you, man. There's there's one thing that we're all bonded by, and that's that we're yeah. all gonna die. There's I'm nothing. It's gonna be an irony though. Mine's gonna. I have a terrible irony attached to my death though. That's how it's gonna go. I know it like a cartoon. I, I I'm with you on that. Like I I could see that. I mean, one thing I I don't want is to die on stage or something. That almost happened to me. I mean, we had a we had played a festival in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and then when I got off stage, it just got, it went from you know worse and actually you know i'm getting you know rushed to uh into surgery and i got some stents but turn a bad thing good i mean my heart was like half working before you know so now it's working good you know what i mean i, I got checked up since those things got put in and my blood pressure's uh great and my breathing's good so i'm actually feel much much better uh all around than i did before the heart attack what even though I, what were your symptoms though like when you had it Cause I'm actually a little um, older than you. And... Well, I'll tell you, you know, we've all been through so much, all of us, everybody watching this, you, me, uh, and the last three couple of years. Of <clears throat> so stressful. Um, and leading up to, I, I actually a year ago got COVID naturally. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I had some type of long COVID because uh, I had trouble breathing like my breathing was crappy, but mind you, I did gain weight. Like a lot of people did. I mean, honestly gained way too much weight for me. I'm not a big I guy. Too. I did too. I'm a skinny guy. It looks like it's going to sitting guy that gains weight. Just in one spot. It's like, it looks like you know, your face is melting because you're like skinny fat guy. <laughs> right. Like, uh, like well, it's like a crane in the back of a car. Ugh. I'm five ten on a good day and I shouldn't be, you know, over 200 pounds. And that's, that's where I was. I was like having to dress certain ways to kind of hide it. I'm, I'm kind of like an egg on, you know, I'm kind of like hold it all right here, but my, my, my legs are, you know, super skinny still, which <laughs> like a bird, I got the same problem. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, yeah, I was uh, a good, you know, 30 plus, you know, pounds overweight, but uh, family, you know, genetically speaking, my, parents had the same problems at the same age so there is like a, a genetic you know, mm-hmm. back involved with heart disease and stuff it runs in my family on both sides so it's not surprising uh maybe i could have done more to mitigate that if i was a vegan you know whatever but again as we were talking about you never know when your when your time is up you know what i mean you could yeah. eat as you want to it's not going to stop that garbage truck from losing its brakes okay. uh but uh, leading up to it, to answer your question, uh, I, I was just really winded after the performance. My blood pressure, I, I, I usually have high blood pressure anyway. I'm kind of a stress case. And um, and getting off stage, I just remember trying to um, 
get my guitars packed up. I didn't have to pack with me. And I was just trying to like these charbels, you got to undo everything and, you know, get it into this case and the whole rigmarole. Um, and my blood pressure just wasn't going down. And as I was making my way back to where the trailers were, uh, I started feeling a, a pressure like in the center of my chest, which I, I guess I felt before in my life, if I've really exerted myself really bad, um but uh as i made it back i remember talking to johnny for a second i had to like excuse myself i'm like hey man i gotta go sit down or something <laughs> and you know basically couldn't get my composure you know I, I started asking for help from the guys like uh you know somebody give me water and i was just i remember you know trying to like cool my head down and it was i was way too uh you know exerted for for a typical gig i mean i wasn't yeah. like and that strenuous and I was way too exerted and I started to know something was up and then we asked for uh, the medics and weird strangely enough they had sent the medics home like an hour early at this event which was stupid but uh, they ended up having to call 911 they got an ambulance there and I was uh, rushed in to this, this awesome uh, hospital um, and that does like one of the best heart hospitals in the country you know quick quick and within like 30 minutes, you know, this amazing team, you know, fixed me up. So it was. Well, you know, I'm glad you're better. And uh, it's been a year uh, to Richie from uh, Drew's Priest. Same thing. Like everyone's just trying to go off on this. Uh, Richie uh, Faulkner on uh, Drew's Priest with a heart issue too on stage. That's was not right. long ago. But um, I think he finished uh, the gig. I'd go straight yeah. to him. Yeah. yeah, I um like what I'm saying is I've had like I deal with a super lot of stress. There's a point where I was just feeling it in my chest, and I, and I was coming home, and I, I feel my chest and like shooting to my arm. And I got home, I was like, you should go get checked out. I'm like, you need to drive me. I can't drive myself. Right. And they checked me. I had, I had the symptoms of it, but it turns out it was still just stress. Like I'm like, what is the so you, point? Like checked, you know, because it's worth it to go. If they oh, they did a... full. They had me do everything. They had up down. They checked me 100. <laughs> percent Good, good. And I had it for like two days though. It was it was that bad and like but through here I, and you know that chest pain's a pain you can't talk about it's like you, you can't describe it and then I had Jeff, my arm. Uh, Sanford and Son. Yeah, always <laughs> a big one. I'm like you're stressing me out and and it's crazy and, I, and I'm good like I didn't have COVID or anything I, I just got COVID um, a couple weeks ago and I, I got over COVID and I still got this like lingering cough now you know the COVID cough right that can linger oh. and I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna I'm gonna get checked out only because. <laughs> Every time I eat or drink, my throat throws, uh, swells up, and I have a hard time breathing. And I do need to eat and drink, so you know, <laughs> I got to figure this whole breathing thing. You know, I'm gonna have to eat something in the future, so you might want to get that. <laughs> it's crazy because I'll start coughing like crazy, and not eat something. But here's the here's the best part. I'm like, my my wife and daughter, are like, you gotta go, you gotta go to get checked out. And I'm thinking, well, here's the thing: COVID started. I gained a lot of COVID weight because I wasn't working at work. Right. I, IT, I was moving around a lot. I, just, I was only walking to the snack machine a lot. Gain, gain, just like you, right? Pressy when there's bad news going yeah. on. I'm like, so I gained all this weight, just like you probably, probably gained like, yeah, easy, 20, 30 pounds. I don't need, so I look like this weird bird egg, some kind of cartoon thing. And then, and then, um, but now I'm not eating as much. I, I looked in the mirror, I'm like, I'm actually losing weight now. This whole COVID thing. So like COVID giveth and COVID taketh away now. So I'm like, oh, do I want to get rid of this thing right now until I've lost a couple more pounds? Or, you know what I'm saying? Because once I can eat, yeah. I'm going to stuff my face again. I'm on the old guy Metamucil thing kick. So like, uh, But, you know, 49, and this happens to me, so if people are thinking, you know, men out there specifically that are, think you're too young to have something like that, I mean, if you're having 
uh, symptoms, trouble breathing. <laughs> and you should definitely uh, do what you can to get an appointment and, and make sure you're all right. Don't let things get to where I did, you know. <laughs> well, you got to, you, yeah, I, I mean, I hate the stress test. I'm also, my doctor's not allowed to say you're like so fit, you're healthy fit. Because every time they do that, they're like, they were fit as a fiddle. And two days later, they dropped dead. I'm like, I don't know, doctor. I'm like, I'm like, you're not allowed to say that. I don't want you jinxing me. Well, I'll be honest. Like, I, I, I was a, almost, and this is terrible to say, but I see so many people that are way more out of shape than me. You know, way more. And they don't have these problems with their heart. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, I'm not even, I haven't let myself go nearly as bad as a lot of people. I know personally, you know, but they have no heart disease whatsoever. Weird. You know, they need to name it. They need to name it like Keith Richards syndrome, KRS. Like you could do everything. And like, like Keith is still probably in better shape than I am right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? I know he's had things, so it's not like he's No, just, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, he's I, done though. Fusions and like, who knows? Who knows when you're at that level, like what they do to, to help you out, you know? <laughs> New skin on your reptile body. He's kind of a whole. <laughs> start to look. No, I love Keith Richards. I follow him. I know that. Everybody loves Keith Richards. Well, I, I love him. What one of the coolest bands and like, you know, usually most people their parents introduce them to music and a lot of people their parents were either a Beatles or a, or a Rolling Stones. Yeah. It was like one of the my my parents were for sure Rolling Stones, a hundred percent. So that was my mine was Elvis. So I so I went from Elvis right into uh, the Stones and the Beatles. So there's no yeah. difference. So. <laughs> That was my rock pyramid, Elvis, uh, Beatles, and Stones. Did you have older brothers or sisters or anything? No, no, only child. Oh, wow. So it was just like, you know, you find the old albums, you know, like uh, Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell. or um, Yeah. That was the horn show, right? It was the crazy album cover, the artwork was coming out of it and stuff. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was just saying on MTV, I remember the Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell, the videos that they had, and they were like... They were provocative, to say the yeah. least, as were a lot of uh, the videos. You, like, make you feel squirrely as a kid when you watch them. You don't know why. Well, that was it. Right. That was, every, that's, that was the, 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 the years of MTV, you know? And then yeah. when the shoegazing happened, which I do like it's a lot of those bands, but it was boring. You, know, you don't really need videos anymore. It was good listening music, you know? True. It changed a lot. Way. Yeah. But you could tell that, that people, uh, they want it again you know what i mean they they want to see people playing their instruments and singing. actually no tracks just singing we, we you know and i'm glad you just brought that up uh because we did a gig uh a few weeks back and alanis morissette was the big headliner that was on yeah. the this was at the in uh Iowa, it was the state fair that we were playing, and they had a big stage that Alanis Morissette was on, and then we were on the Spinal Tap puppet show, <laughs> or somewhere else. Which I that was that whole thing was weird, but she had twenty thousand people over there watching her. Like that, most of the people there, I have to say. But uh, and a couple of our guys went to go check out the show, and apparently the power went down with some of the stuff but the vocals kept going when she was gone so she was totally you know blowing wow. in all her and everything which i was wow. surprised to hear but apparently that's been going on for years so I, I don't mind the testing i just want something stick in my nose i'm ready to just throw up like when i had the heart attack and i they tried to do that to me 
in there. They're like, have you this and that? Uh, we're going to give you a COVID test. And then you <clears throat> I, I had taken one once before and I, I opted myself. And, and, you know, I know how far I want to go up. So I only had the tip go. I was holding it right. I'm going to throw up just thinking about it. I'll be honest right now. My throat is closing up. Just, uh, but uh yes they try to do that i was like all right buddy you got okay you're good you're good you got it you got it you know it's like I, I i totally flinched on that i've heard the stories of people's brains get poked and that, that ain't gonna happen to me. i told us <laughs> I, I gag i'm like i'm gonna gag if you put it in there and they've actually let me do it myself and i'm like I, hey. I, tell, I tell them the story i said look i said here's the deal i had a gag reflex my dentist thought it was hilarious i'm like don't stick your hands in my mouth you know the x-rays he goes he goes, oh, you're fine, you're fine. I said, I have a gag reflex. I can't help it. I'm telling you right now, if you stick anything in me, I don't even look your hands in my face. He's talking to me, and, and um, I used to work for a cable company. He's, he's like, give me a hard time about the prices. I, I'm a tech. I don't even care about the prices. So he's just going in deeper, deeper. Gag reflex. I bite him. <laughs> bite him hard. And not on purpose. I couldn't control it. And he, was uh, so mad. he was so mad. I'm like, dude, what did I tell you? I go, I, I do, told you. I have a gag reflex. If, I, if, if there's a really smelly fart going on, I will, I will do the same thing. Yep. I'm like, this. Yeah. <laughs> I retch and, and it's funny and it's the worst and you know and I'm going to say I put a, a cap on it's the last thing I'll say when I went to the dentist I'm like I'm really good about keeping my teeth clean and, and, and the woman's like oh you haven't been in a while da, da, da. like when was the last thing to be there I'm like I don't know who was president back then I'm like I never get cavities I always brush my teeth and so she goes oh you haven't been a long time she goes I'm going to book you for double cleaning I'm like you don't need to do that you're kind of out of control and she's a big snot she's like I'm going to book you for double cleaning I'm like fine. Oh. So what I did? So what I did is when I got there, yeah, and I got there. This is a true story. I had bought a coffee and I had a banana and I had a bunch of Oreo cookies, and I ate them all in the parking lot. <laughs> and then I went in and I told her. I said I told her what I did, and she was so mad. I'm like, there you go. Uh, you made sure she had a clean. She was going to earn right. her money. You you get <laughs> coffee and then you you eat a banana with some Oreo cookies, which also, by the way, is a bad mixture. Looking back, <laughs> banana and <laughs> cookies, but uh. Oh, my teeth are uh, awful. But she got it all clean in one – even all that, she got it done in one cleaning. She didn't need the extra time, but she was mad. Maybe she's cleaning angry, but um, yeah. Well, that oh, – the, the, the secret to not getting cavities is just don't go to the dentist, you know. I guess. Or brush your teeth a lot. <laughs> I want to thank you for being on this show, man. And we'll um, – Thank we'll, you. We'll, 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 chat, we'll chat again. This has been fun. Absolutely, fun. brother. A lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. And um, if you ever see that we're back at Mohegan Sun, please be our guest. I, I will do that.